Well, once again, welcome to Paradise Valley Christian Church. And uh, as Mike mentioned, man, the the giving, the the generosity of this congregation just blows my mind. And I want to just encourage you and and praise God for your generosity. And if you're brand new, uh, we are not passing plates currently. And so we, if you have any type of tithe or offering this morning, you can just place that in this box over here on your way out. And uh, we appreciate the willingness to continue to support the ministries that are taking place, not only here in Casper, but around the world. And so, welcome this morning on Father's Day. If you are a father, a gentleman that would like to pick up one of these pens, they are out in a pink basket, but pink is okay, okay, all right, so it's it's not so much the color of the basket, but it's what's in the basket, we have some stylus pens that uh, we'd love for you to pick up, and it just says, uh, godly fathers are a blessing to their children, and so we encourage all you gentlemen to pick one of those up on your way out this morning, and today is Father's Day, and uh, for you ladies, today is uh, National Elbow Your Husbands in the Ribs during the Sermon Day, okay, and so if, the, if they need to be Catching up on some of this stuff, we'd encourage you ladies to do that. But as today being Father's Day, we want to say Happy Father's Day to you gentlemen out there. And it's a day where we honor fathers and grandfathers. And in Scripture, we are commanded by the Lord to honor your father and mother. And on May the 10th, we celebrated Mother's Day. And today we celebrate and honor our dads. And my hope is that as we share... Uh, as I share a, a, a message from John chapter 4, that everyone here this morning may hear God speaking into their lives. And so let me begin with a brief story. This particular family had three small children who were determined to have a puppy. And mom protested because she knew that somehow or another, she would be the one ending up taking care of the puppy. And true to form, the children solemnly promised that they would take care of the puppy. And eventually she relented and they brought their little puppy home. And the children named him Danny and cared for him diligently at first. But sure enough, as time passed... Mom found herself becoming more and more responsible for taking care of the dog. And so finally, she decided that the children were not living up to their promise, so she began to search for a new home for Danny. When she found one, and well, she found one, and, and she broke the news to the children. And she was quite surprised that they were almost, there was almost no reaction at all. One of them even said, rather matter-of-factly, we'll miss him. I'm sure you will, she answered, but he is too much work for just one person. And since I'm the one that has to do all the work, I say he goes. But, protested another child, if, if he would eat so much, if he wouldn't eat so much and, and wouldn't be so messy, could we keep him? Mom held her ground. It's time to take Danny to his new home. And suddenly, with one voice and with tears in their eyes, the, the children exclaimed, Danny, we, we thought, da Danny, we thought you said daddy. Well, for you gentlemen out here this morning, what kind of man are you? What kind of dad are you? And my prayer is that you're a man that your family can't live without. 
that you are a dad following the direction of God in your life and your family is benefiting from it. And in today's scripture, there there shares a story of a man's son that benefited greatly from his dad's willingness to be a faith-filled father. And that's the title of the message this morning, A Faith-Filled Father. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, we desire for you to to speak mightily into our lives, that each one here on Father's Day as we honor our fathers, that we would hear from our Heavenly Father, and that we would listen to your voice speak to our lives this morning, that our ears would be ready to hear, that our hearts would be open, and that our lives would change, not because of what I have to say, but because what your word speaks to us. And so, God, may we be ready and willing that your Holy Spirit would be alive and active, that the word of of you would be alive and active, and that we would be ready to hear from you this morning. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. We're in John chapter 4, starting verse 43, and just to give a little background, Jesus has just left Samaria, and a couple days before that, he, he had met a woman at a well, and now he has returned to Cana, where he did his first sign in Galilee. And no sooner does he get there than a man approaches him, and the man's son is dying. And he has traveled 20 miles to see Jesus and ask him to heal his son. And so if you'll turn over to John chapter 4, I'm reading from the New, Ameri- the New International Version, starting verse 43. It says, after the two days... He left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had returned where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Jesus says, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. And as if you're taking notes this morning, I encourage you to write down, Father's Humble yourselves. And if you're a lady this morning, the same thing applies to you as well. Ladies, humble yourselves. Again, in John chapter 4, verses 46 and 47, it says, Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. 
when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Did you notice what kind of position this man possessed? He was a royal official. He was most likely a man that was highly influential. More likely than not, he was used to getting what he wanted, when he wanted. He was, as we read in this account, a man that was not used to begging for much of anything from anyone, comes to Jesus and begs, begs Jesus to come and heal his son. And this royal official was willing to humble himself before Jesus. And for many of us men, myself included, we have a hard time being willing to humble ourselves at times. We know what we want and, and we know what we like and, and we, are, we are men, right? We, we have figured it out and, and if we haven't figured it out, well, we pretend. It reminds me of, you know, um, a TV show that I watched growing up, uh, Home Improvements, you know, Tim Allen, you know, this, we're manly men, we're going to figure it out on our own. If we, if we can't, we're going to pretend, but what does God want from us? What does God want from us? I, I read a story in a devotional book out of our daily bread, and to begin with, a truly humble man is hard to find. Yet God delights to honor such selfless people. Booker T. Washington, the renowned educator, was an outstanding example of this truth. And shortly after he took over the presidency of Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking in an exclusive section of town where he was stopped by a wealthy woman. Not knowing the famous Mr. Washington by sight, she asked if he would be willing to earn a few dollars by chopping wood for her. Because he had no pressing business at the moment, Professor Washington smiled, rolled up his sleeves, and proceeded to do the humble chore she had requested. When he, had, he, when he was finished, he carried the logs into the house and stacked them by the fireplace. A little girl recognized him and later revealed his identity to the lady. The next morning, the embarrassed woman went to see Mr. Washington in his office at the Institute and apologized profusely. It's perfectly all right, madam, he replied. Occasionally, I enjoy a little manual labor. Besides, it's always a delight to do something for a friend. She shook his hand warmly and assured him that his meek and gracious attitude had endeared him and his work to her heart. Not long afterwards, she showed her admiration by persuading some wealthy acquaintances to join her in donating thousands of dollars to the Institute. See, C.S. Lewis once said, True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. And as fathers... There are many times that we must be willing to humble ourselves before God and before our families. We have to be willing to think of ourselves less and make sure that our family's needs, both physically and spiritually, are being taken care of. 
Lauren Cunningham wrote a blog article that uniquely describes what humility might look like in the life of a father. She writes, The father of my children has embraced parenting with tremendous love, dedication, and very little fanfare. He sacrifices and never asks for recognition. He willingly takes on the supportive role in our family and gives all he has so that we can find sanctuary in the center of his world. My husband is the one cheering loudest from the sidelines as my children and I run our lifelong races. He hands us water when we are parched and encourages us when we are weary. When we cross our finish lines, he celebrates with abandonment and does not mention how close we came to faltering without him by our side. She goes on to say, Although I obviously believe my husband to be the most extraordinary man in the world, his quiet and humble service to the family is the hallmark of many incredible fathers who walk in our midst. To be the humble fathers that we as men are called to be requires for each of us to think of ourselves less. We are to take on the same attitude as Jesus Christ himself. As we read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 from the New Living Translation, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You see, this royal official was willing to humble himself and beg on behalf of his son. And we as fathers must beg on behalf of our children as well. And, and if you're, again, taking notes, the second thing I would encourage you to write down is, Fathers, bring your children to Jesus in prayer. John 4, 47 through 49, in the verses that we read just a little bit ago, once again says, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. And the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. And just a side note here, as you look at these verses, it seems like Jesus is kind of harsh in his response. But if you look in the Greek, he's not speaking just to the man. He's addressing the man, but he's really more importantly addressing the crowd. In the Greek, it's more the, the southern you all. He's talking to everyone there, and it, it's the idea that you know, you're, you're all looking for miraculous signs. And the only way you're going to believe is if you find these signs, but you have to have faith beyond that. And so he's challenging us, this idea of having faith. And fathers, when, when was the last time you got on your hands and knees before the Lord and begged on behalf of your children? We see this royal official begging on behalf of his son. And as men, we often think that we, we, we have to handle everything on our own. Well, guess what? That's not true. We don't have to. 
God wants us as men to, to come to him before his throne and bring our children. To speak to God on behalf of our children. The royal official knew that he needed to talk to Jesus about his son. And the same is true for us. What prayers are you praying daily for your children? I read through a devotional by Uncommon that listed seven prayers that you as dads and, and moms can be praying for your children. And, and so I'm going to go down through this quickly. And so I'd encourage you again just to make a quick, quick note if you're taking notes what maybe these seven prayers might look like. And the first one is, God, we pray that our, chil- that our child will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Knowing Christ is the most important thing you can pass on to your children. And the world will offer your child many things, both good and bad. But the most significant gift that you can give to your child is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what's most important. A second prayer that you can pray is, God, I pray for my child's future. Their future friends. Their future spouse. And one of the greatest acts of release is praying for the future of your children. It's a crazy world out there. And nothing is guaranteed. And when we pray for their future, we open our faith that God is in control. He will make a way, and he will guide our child. A a third prayer, God, we ask that you put a hedge of protection around our child. Guard them against the attacks from the evil one. Watch over them day and night. Ask for protection of your child's mind, their heart, and their bodies. Remind yourself to put on the full arm of God so that we can all stand against the attacks of the devil. And, and remember to pray that prayer over your children as well. A prayer of protection. The fourth thing, a prayer that we, you pray, Dear God, I pray that our children would desire your word. I pray that they would learn and study your word daily and, and may take root, that it may take root in their soul. And one of the greatest opportunities and then also obstacles to your children being exposed to God's word on a regular basis is you. You can be a great benefit or a great hindrance. Weaving scripture into daily life can be difficult amidst many of our busy activities and schedules. But I would encourage you this morning that it's essential. Just as important is that they see God's word being modeled out in your life. A a fifth prayer. Heavenly Father, help our child to have a servant's heart. Help them to see the needs of others and consider them before their own. Open up their eyes to the world around them and, and how they can serve And one of the greatest joys I have as a parent is seeing my children see the needs of others and then them be willing 
to help. Whether it's, it's helping your spouse with chores around the house, teaching your child to share their toys with their siblings, or helping a neighbor with yard work, these are the training wheels of developing a servant's heart. Number six, thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have not given our child a spirit of fear. We pray our children walk in power, love, and sound minds. Pray for your child to walk in power, teaching your child that they have power over their thoughts and fears is a great lesson and gift to give them. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And a seventh prayer that you can be praying over your children. And if you notice, there's seven, seven for each day of the week. To be praying a prayer for your child each day of the week. Number seven, God help our child to be filled with your joy in all circumstances. May they grow up with thankful and joyful hearts. Allow them to bring your joy in a world that needs you desperately and when our children show joy in the midst of difficulty it's also healthy for their minds they turn to God and they find hope rather than being stuck where they are dads there's something powerful that happens when you pray over your children when you bring your children to the feet of the creator of heaven and earth, you are providing more for them than anything you could provide for them on your own. We need to daily bring our children to Jesus in prayer. And as we look at the royal official, the third thing that I would encourage you with this morning is fathers, believe in Jesus. Again, if you'll turn to so chapter 4 of John, starting in verse 49, says, The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go, your son will live. If you look into the Greek, some of the, little, the study that I did, it, another way to translate is that your son is living. He's saying that it, it's taking place. As we're speaking your son is being healed. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as the time when his son got better, they said to him, The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and all his household believed did you see what the second half of verse 50 said the man took jesus at his word and departed the royal official believed what jesus said was true and he left are we as dads really believing and what Jesus says to us in his word? Because what we choose to believe in has a huge impact on our families. 
In fact, verse 53 of the story says that, that, says that very thing. It was when the royal official took Jesus at his word and went back home that he found his son had been healed. And not only did the royal official believe, but his whole household as well. As the heads of our households, we have to be willing to put our faith in God's word in order that our families will follow in our footsteps. But the question is, do you believe? In Ken Davis's book, How to Speak to Youth, he shared this story. In college, I was asked to prepare a lesson to teach my speech class. We were to be graded on our creativity and ability to drive home a point in a memorable way. And the title of my talk was The Law of the Pendulum. I spent 20 minutes carefully teaching the physical principle that governs a swinging pendulum. The law of the pendulum is a pendulum can never return to a point higher than the point from which it was released. Because of friction and gravity, when the pendulum returns, it will fall short of its original release point. And each time it swings, it makes less and less of an arc. Until finally, it is at rest. And this point of rest is called the state of equilibrium. Where all forces acting on the pendulum are equal. I attached a, a three-foot string to a child's toy top and secured it to the top of the blackboard with a thumbtack. And I pulled the top to one side and, and made a mark on the blackboard where I let it go. And each time it swung back, I made a new mark. And it took less than a minute for the top to complete its swinging and come to rest. And when I finished the demonstration, the markings on the blackboard proved my thesis. I then asked how many people in the room believed the law of the pendulum was true. And all the classmates raised their hands and so did the teacher. He started to walk to the front of the room thinking the class was over. And in reality it had just begun. Hanging from the steel ceiling beams in the middle of the room was a large crude but functional pendulum. 250 pounds of metal weights tied to four strands of 500-pound test parachute cord. I invited the instructor to climb up on a table and sit in a chair with the back of his head against a cement wall. And then I brought the 250 pounds of metal up to his nose, holding the huge pendulum just a fraction of an inch from his face, I once again explained the law of the pendulum he had applauded only moments before. If the law of the pendulum is true, then when I release this mass of metal, it will swing across the room and return short of the release point. Your nose will be in no danger. After that final restatement of this law, I took him, I, I looked at him in his eye and asked, Sir, do you believe in the law of the pendulum? Well, there was a long pause, and huge beads of sweat formed on his upper lip, and, and then weakly he nodded and, and whispered, Yes, I released the pendulum, 
and it made a swishing sound as it arced across the room. And at the far end of its swing, it paused momentarily and started back. I never saw a man move so fast in all my life. He literally dove from the table, stepping around the still swinging pendulum, and I asked the class, does he believe in the law of the pendulum? And the students unanimously answered, no. When it comes to your faith in Jesus, fathers, would your family say that you really believe in Jesus? Do your actions back up your belief in God? It is when you take Jesus at his word that your family can follow your example and believe as well. As the praise team comes this morning, we're going to sing a song of invitation. And if you're a man this morning, if you're a woman this morning, if you're a a child, and, and God is working on your heart, that you need to believe in him. I would encourage you to take God at his word and give your life over to God by being baptized into Christ for the very first time. And if that's you this morning, we'd encourage you to come as we sing. If you need prayer this morning, we encourage you to come as we sing. If you're someone that needs to... to to commit to this body of believers, to get involved with this body of believers, we didn't a- we'd ask you to come as we sing. Will you stand with us this morning? Lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. So God, this morning, we come as we are to your throne, desiring to be people that are obedient to your word. God, as we challenge our, the fathers here this morning, I pray that it's a, a message that challenges everyone. That God, this morning, we would humble ourselves before you. That we would bring our children to you or the children of people that we know. Father, that we would believe in you, that we would take you at your word, that it would change our lives. It's the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Lots of things in your bulletin this morning. We pray that uh, you can make sure you're aware of those things. Uh, VBS is coming out. There's registration forms out on uh, the hub table out there, as well as uh, you should have gotten a letter in the mail uh, on the celebration of ministry. It's not a retirement party. Larry wants to make sure that uh, you are realizing, he he didn't even want any of this, by the way, but we're doing it anyway, because I'm the new 
sheriff in town, as Larry tells me often. And so the new sheriff in town, as well as the, the elders, we just want to say thank you to Larry and you, Donna, for uh, so many years of service up to this point. And uh, that's going to be taking place July 25th. And uh, again, there's some things that we'd encourage you to do in that letter. And so we, we'd ask that you get those things done as soon as possible so that we are prepared for that day. And because of that, uh, not because of that, uh, but we move that into that date uh, because of the fact that uh, with everything going on, we decided this time around we weren't going to do a community picnic, and uh, so we'll be looking forward to doing that again at a later date, but for the 25th, uh, we sent out uh, information that that was going to take place, but that is not. So the community picnic it has been canceled for this year, uh, so it is not taking place on the 25th of July, which means it allows for us to have the celebration of ministry on the 25th of July, which will be an open house. Also in July, uh, there will be a celebration of life a service for Al Allen, and uh, we'd love for you all to be at that, and that'll be at 10 a.m., so please put that on your calendars as well. Camp, uh, please be in prayer for camps. Uh, that'll happen over the next few weeks. Uh, senior week will take place this coming week with a men's retreat that'll take place at the end of the week, and you can still register for Register for that. It'll be June 26th and 28th for you gentlemen. If you want to be a part of that, it's $65. Herb Rainey uh, from Gearing will be speaking at that. And that's, again, at the end of this coming week of senior week of camp. And if you um, – we – we hope that those who are planning to go to camp are ready for that. That'll They'll take off today at about 1.30, okay? Um, also, junior week is the following week, and also there's a backpacking camp that will be taking place as well, family camp that will be in the fall. Uh, we are looking for teachers uh, over at the school. Uh, there's some job openings in different locations, um, and so if you're someone that knows of someone that has interest in teaching, uh, we'd love to have the opportunity to speak with you to speak with them, and so make sure to please let us know. Uh, that's something that we would like to get nailed down sooner than later for our Christian school that will be up again in the fall. Uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, Ashley Berlin did make it back, and I forgot to mention that last week, but she was uh, back last Sunday. She'll be at camp over the next couple weeks being the missionary for both of those. I did mention that the Ericsons, Bradley and I almost said Shawnee, um, Lindsay, Bradley and Lindsay uh, just uh, on June 11th had their baby, Tennyson, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, easily. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, big baby boy, 10 pounds, 5 ounces, 23 uh, and a quarter inches long. Uh, be in prayer for uh, the Ericsons as uh, that kind of is adjusting to the new baby and all that great things going on in their home right now. Uh, be in prayer for Jan Gillum. Uh, she recently, this past uh, week uh, ended up in the hospital, um, just uh, having troubles with just oxygen and some of those different things, and so be in prayer for Jan Gillum as well. Uh, great men's prayer breakfast yesterday. Um, if uh, appreciate Dan and uh, sharing about SME, um, and so if you have a question what that means, you can talk to Dan. Uh, I might share that in a message. I thought it was good. Uh, during uh, the men's prayer breakfast. So a lot of things going on. We're continuing to put together what our Sunday school will look like here, hoping that uh, will take place uh, real shortly. No specific date yet, but we're looking to get that rolling again as far as our Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Any other prayer requests? Any other announcements that need to be made at this time?
Okay, yes, uh, niece of the Bowers, uh, Brooklyn, uh, had a surgery that is pretty scary, and so be praising God that Brooklyn is doing well. Uh, they're kind of still checking out results on that and whatnot, so. All righty, will you stand and close in prayer with me this morning? Father, again, we're grateful for the opportunity to come into your presence. We thank you for your word as it speaks to our hearts. May it be something that we apply to our lives that you would live through us each and every day. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen.